down the river. What do you think I see? I see a band of angels, and they're coming after me. Ain't no grave can hold my... Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode two of To the Poor in Spirit by Richard Baxter. But when Christians do not only let fall their expectations of the things unseen, but also heighten their expectations from the creature, then they do most infallibly prepare for their fears and troubles and estrangedness from God, and with both hands draw calamities on their souls. Who ever meets with a distressed, complaining soul where one or both of these is not apparent? Their low expectations from God hereafter, or their high expectations from the creature now? What doth keep us under such trouble and disquietness, but that we will not expect what God hath promised, or we will needs expect what he promised not. And then we complain when we miss of those expectations, which we foolishly and ungroundedly raised to ourselves. We are grieved for crosses, for losses, for wrongs from our enemies, for unkind or unfaithful dealings of our friends, for sickness, for contempt and disesteem in the world. But who bid you look for any better? Was it prosperity and riches and credit and friends that God called you to believe for? Or that you became Christians for? or that you had an absolute promise of in the word? If you will make promises to yourself, and then your own promises deceive you, whom should you blame for that? Nay, do we not, as it were, necessitate God hereby to embitter all our comforts below and to make every creature as a scorpion to us, because we will needs make them our petty deities. We have less comfort in them than else we might have, because we must needs have more than we should have. You might have more faithfulness from your friends, more reputation in the world, more sweetness in all your present enjoyments, if you looked for less. Why is it that you can scarce name a creature near you that is not a scourge to you, but because you can scarce name one that is not your idol, or at least which you do not expect more from than you ought? Nay, which is one of the saddest considerations of this kind that can be imagined, God is fain to scourge us most even by the highest professors of religion, because we have most idolized them and had such excessive expectations from them. One would have thought it next to an impossibility that such men 
and so many of them could ever have been drawn to do that against the church, against that gospel ministry and ordinances of God, which once seemed dearer to them than their lives, which hath since been done, and which yet we fear. But a believing eye can discern the reason of this sad providence, in part. Never men were more idolized, and therefore no wonder if we were never so afflicted by any. Alas, when will we learn by scripture and providence so to know God and the creature as to look for far more from him and less from them? We have looked for wonders from Scotland. And what is come of it? We looked that war should have even satisfied our desires, and when it had removed all visible impediments, we thought we should have had such a glorious reformation as the world never knew. And now behold, a babel and a mangled deformation. What high expectations had we from an assembly? What expectations from a parliament? And where are they now? Oh, hear the word of the Lord, ye low-spirited people. Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? Isaiah 2.22 Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, etc. Jeremiah seventeen five through 8 Surely men of low degree are vanity, and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Psalm 62, 9. Let me warn you all, Christians, for the time to come. Take the creature as a creature. Remember its frailty. Look for no more from it than its part. If you have the nearest, dearest, godly friends, expect to feel the sting of their corruptions, as well as to taste the sweetness of their grace. And they must expect the like from you. If you ask me why I speak so much of these things here, it is Number one, because I find that much of the troubles of ordinary Christians comes from their crosses in the creature and the frustration of these, their sinful expectations. Number two, and because I have said so little of it in the following directions, they being intended for the cure of another kind of trouble, therefore I have said thus much here of this. Our brother Richard Baxter now writes a very long paragraph apologizing for writing this at all, talking about his weakness and the possible poor reasons for him writing it, praising many other ministers who've 
written on the same subject, uh, explaining why he wrote it anyway and the circumstances of writing it. I am not reading that very long paragraph because I would like to fit in the rest of um, this writing into this episode. So, in reference to the apology, the very long apology he just made, he says, I had not troubled the reader with this apology had I thought so well of this writing as to be a sufficient apology for itself, or had I not taken it for a heinous crime to speak idly in print. For the doctrines here contained, it is of a middle strain between, I think, the extremes of some others, I have labored so to build up peace, as not thereby to fortify presumption, and perhaps in some points you may see my meaning more plainly, which, through the obscurity of former writings, I was misunderstood in. As for the manner of this writing, I must desire them that expect learning or exactness to turn away their eyes and know that I wrote it not for such as they. I use not to speak anything but plain English to that sect or to that use and end for which I wrote these lines. I wrote to the utmost verge of my paper before I thought to make it public and so had no room for marginal quotations, nor time to transcribe that copy that I might have room, nor indeed much mind of them if I had both room and time. As in all the removes of my life, I have been still led to that place or state which was farthest from my own thoughts and never designed or contrived by myself. So all the writings that yet I have published are such as have been by some sudden unexpected occasion extorted from me, while those that I most affected have been stifled in the conception. And these that I have most labored in must lie buried in the dust, that I may know it is God that is the disposer of all. Experience persuadeth me to think that God, who hath compelled me hitherto, intendeth to make this hasty writing a means for the calming of some troubled souls, which if he do, I have my end. If I can do nothing to the church's public peace, either through my own unskillfulness and unworthiness or through the prevalency of the malady, yet will it be my comfort to further the peace of the poorest Christian. Though to the former also I shall contribute my best endeavors, and with this sending to the press some few sheets to that end with our Worcestershire agreement, the full accomplishment of both, the subduing of the prince of darkness, confusion, and contention, the destroying of that pride, self-esteem, self-seeking, and carnal-mindedness, which remaining even in the best, are the disturbers of all peace, the fuller discovery of the sinfulness of unpeaceable principles, dispositions, and practices, the nearer closure of all true believers, and the hastening of the church's everlasting peace. These are his daily prayers, who is a zealous desirer of the peace of the church and of every faithful soul, Richard Baxter, May 7, 1653. 
Thus ended his short work uh, to the poor in spirit. And next episode, next season, in a couple of days, I will begin his very famous work, Alarm to the Unconverted. So my next episode will begin Richard Baxter's Alarm to the Unconverted. This concludes episode two of To the Poor in Spirit by Richard Baxter.